Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The I love everybody, especially you. Edition as we take a look at the three players selected by the Bengals on day three of the draft before doing an overview of the entire class with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free to play next level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since the Super 70 Sports Twitter feed. There's nothing more consistently funny on Twitter than at Super 70 Sports. It's mostly about sports, but also cracks wise about pop culture. Here's a typical tweet that was posted yesterday. There's a photo of Nolan Ryan being carried off the field after one of his seven no-hitters, and the caption reads, In five years, this is how they'll treat you after pitching six innings. So, if you're looking for a consistent source of humor, follow at Super70Sports on Twitter, and you'll discover that the word sweet bastard makes nearly any sentence funnier. Now, time to get to day three of the draft where the Bengals' first and only offensive player selected this year was taken in the fourth round, offensive lineman Cordell Volson from North Dakota State. He's 6'6", 315 pounds, and played mostly tackle for the Bison, but Frank Pollock thinks he'll be a guard in the NFL. He's tough. He's he's physical. He's a finisher. Uh, you'll, You'll see him pull out on the perimeter and run pretty well. And he's productive out in space when he did pull. Um, he comes from a winning winning team, winning culture. Uh, you love his intangibles. I mean, he's a worker. That's kind of how he was raised. That's um, what you're looking for, you know. Frank mentioned intangibles and was asked how much emphasis he puts on that in evaluating prospects. For me, that's like line one, If you know, line two. At worst, line three in my room. I mean, you got to have guys that, have intangibles, the work ethic, you know, what are they made of? What's their mental toughness, their grit? Can they learn? Can they process fast, you know, with the way that we run our scheme on offense? The defense is going to move and shift. We're going to invite them to do that with our motions that we utilize. So you got to be able to think like this, react, adjust, and then go play fast. And then so all that is it goes into the makeup. You know, we're not just showing them a card and go block that guy. There's a lot of guys who excel at that, but once the it goes live, the picture starts changing on them. You know, their, their play goes down. Uh, so that's huge to me. And when a guy needs to develop, he's not going to develop to the maximum ability if he doesn't have all those intangibles. I mean, this league is a son of a you know what, and to make it, you got to have some you know what in your neck. You got to have some grit or you're not going to make it. I mean, I, I, I've been in this a long time as a player, a horrible player, but as a, and as a coach, okay, and there was guys that you see come and go that are so talented and got their off-the-charts measurables, and you're like, man, how come that guy didn't make it? He was, you know, he, he was in the league for two or three years. It's because he don't have the other stuff. That, to me, and the old, I'm just talking offensive line play. It's critical. It's critical. If you don't have that, you got no chance. I don't care how big you, you are, how pretty you look, how fast you run. 
You know, none of that matters. That's just the reality of it. Volson will get a chance to compete for the open spot at left guard and joins free agents Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and Lael Collins on a rebuilt offensive line. Here's offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Oh, I can't wait to see these guys get together. You know, it's a, it's a collection of personalities that, that we're really high on that we think are going to mesh together great. Um, you know, between Karras and Kappa, those two who have been in town, they're already working out. I mean, those, those are the guys that, that we're excited to see. LC will be here uh, at some point, too, very soon. Um, and to see those guys get in the room and start to compete and start to build that camaraderie. And I think when you talk to Frank, one of the biggest parts about the offensive line, <clears throat> excuse me, different than really probably any position, is the way that unit comes together, you know, with those five starting guys uh, and, and the personality they take on together uh, as, a, as a unit, as a room, um, is really important. And I think we've added the types of players – uh, that are going to contribute to to bolstering that mentality in our room that we're looking for, um, and, and I'm excited for the competition. I think that that's going to really raise the level, raise the boats, uh, if you will, the guys in the room, try to get the best out of all of them. And uh, I'm excited for that competition to start. I'm excited for those guys to get together, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what our line looks like this year uh, and compared to, to what we've had in the past, and I'm really excited about it. I think, Frank, you'd probably feel the same way. Um, with our additions that we've made. So it's, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I know I'm sure Frank can't wait to get his hands on them uh, all together and get, get, get coaching and teaching and get back on the grass. But um, I'm, I'm excited. I think we've done a lot of good things for that, for that room over the course of this offseason. Olson was selected number 136 overall. That's higher than where he was projected to go by Pro Football Focus and the Athletics' Dane Brugler, largely because he's not a great athlete. But he played every position but center during his six years at North Dakota State and was a three-time FCS All-American. You know, I'm a, I'm a physical player that, that um, you know, prides myself on being the hardest worker in the room. Uh, just just going to come in and, and work hard um, and, uh, you know, just, just continue to play through to and through the echo of the whistle and, um, you know, just, just impose my will every snap and, um, you know, be a relentless physical player. And he's looking forward to playing for a coach who loves glass eaters in Frank Pollock. That's the type of player that you're going to get with me. And, uh, you know, to play offensive line, I think you got to be wired just a little bit different. And, uh, you know, that that's the way that I am. And, and to have an opportunity to play for a coach it's the same way, I'm really looking forward to that. In the fifth round, the Bengals traded up, sending their fifth-round pick and a seventh-round selection to the Bears in order to move up eight spots where they drafted University of Toledo safety Tyson Anderson. Here's defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Another big, you know, measurable guy, right? So height, weight, speed, uh, the way he plays the game. He's smart. Gives us, again, the flexibility, do a bunch of different things. So um, he's, uh, he was very intriguing to me. Uh, we did a great job going to get him. Selecting Anderson marked the third time in five rounds that the Bengals added speed to their secondary. First-round draft pick Dax Hill and second-rounder Cam Taylor-Britt each ran a 4.3840 at the Combine, and Anderson topped that by running a 4.36. Here's Anna Rumo on the need for speed. In today's NFL, um, we're going to play a bunch of great receivers, as we all know, you know, Think about Miami's speed on their perimeter, right, with Tyreek and Waddle and, and the guys in our division. Um, you know, there's, there's speed everywhere. So um, especially in the back end, those guys are going to get out of position some just by the nature of their jobs. And if they can't get back into the play, 
you know, they're going to struggle. So these guys do have the makeup and recovery speed, um, and that's what we're looking for. With those additions to the secondary, plus guys like Trey Hendrickson up front and Logan Wilson at linebacker, does Anna Rumo think he has one of the fastest defenses in the NFL? I would like to think so. You know, we've got some guys at each level, as you mentioned, that can really run. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's where this game has gotten to. In addition to being fast, Tyson Anderson is smart. He's just a few classes away from earning a master's degree in leadership. Uh, I think my biggest strength, honestly, is my like my intelligence, my football IQ. That's my biggest strength, my smarts, my smarts and build ability to adapt on the fly and just learn fast. Darren Simmons was undoubtedly excited by this pick since the Speedy Anderson played nearly 900 special team snaps at Toledo. He also fits the organization's recent emphasis on drafting leaders since Tyson was voted team captain three times in college. I just I just take take it serious, to be honest. I just I know I'm a leader. I know my voice needs to be heard. And I know I, when I stand up and say something, it's going to be the right thing. And I'm just excited, to be honest. <laughs> since the Bengals traded out of the sixth round and also traded their first pick in the seventh, their final selection in the seventh round, number 252 overall, was edge rusher Jeffrey Gunter out of Coastal Carolina, who was projected to be taken one round earlier by Dane Brugler. The 6'4", 258-pounder posted good speed and strength numbers at the Combine and had 18 sacks over his last three seasons. Here's Zach Taylor. You know, I, I have not personally spoken to him, but the coaches that have, you know, with Marion and Duff, really like, like his personality and... Uh, feel really good about him. So speaking to him on the phone, I know he was he was really excited to be here. And so um, the, the reports are all that he's a tremendous kid. Uh, the staff there really enjoyed having him, and, and we think that he provides some value for us. Um, you know, in the seventh round, it's it's uh, we're, we're happy to get him there. After taking an inside pass rusher in the third round in Zach Carter, Gunter adds an outside pass rusher from a school that went 22-3 and three over the last two years. You know, he, he's played effectively for them at, at Coastal, and they've had a great team. That, that's a team I've followed from afar for a number of years now just because they've done such a tremendous job. Um, I think they're really innovative, both sides of the ball with their schemes. They've had a ton of success. They're now starting to have some players come out of there. And, and it's one of those programs when, when guys come out, because I remember one that came out last year, and um, you can just tell they're, they're made of the right stuff. They've had high standards there at that program. They've been coached the right way. Their expectations are to win. So it's exciting when you evaluate players from programs like that um, that come into the building and they know that there's going to be high expectations for them. And so um, that, that's certainly a trait that he's got. I think that he's, again, one of those guys that's going to add some versatility to that room. And, um, but, but he's more of an outside guy as opposed to an inside guy for us. So the, the definition of what his role is, it, it's, that's really hard to say. Um, he's going to jump in there and provide competition um, for our guys that play more outside than inside, and, and we'll just see where we fit him from there. Gunter says playing at Coastal Carolina prepared him for the challenges ahead in trying to make the Bengals roster. I'm going to say something that's a little, a little different, man. Nobody wants to go to Coastal, and the reason I say that is because everybody wants to go to Alabama, Clemson, all that, and, and the players at Coastal are the same way. Um, we go to Coastal because they were the only one to give us the opportunity. And, you know, that's what I carry on as the Bengals. I got a chip on my shoulder the size of a boulder. And I'm going to just take that to practice with me every day, take that to every rep, take that to every play. You know, and, and that's what Coastal brought me, man. It chip on my shoulder and it taught me how to work. So that's what I'm bringing to the Bengals. Gunter was a two-star recruit coming out of high school and weighed 185 pounds as a senior. Now 
He's an NFL draft pick. Man, y'all gonna make me cry. Um, <laughs> I've been dreaming. I, I've been dreaming about this day since I was eight years old. I used to. I used to be a. I used to be five. You know what I'm saying? And I would watch America's Game like back to back to back on NFL Network. And just like seeing my name go across that screen, it's just everything I did was worth it. You know. He's an easy guy to root for. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play fantasy football game. This past season, Ultimate Bengals awarded a weekly winner during the course of the year with tickets, autographed merchandise, and money-can't-buy experiences all up for grabs. Find Ultimate Bengals in the App Store and Google Play. Now, time to bring in my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham, for a look at Day 3 and some thoughts on the entire class. Lap, the Bengals went into the draft with eight picks. They wound up having six after trading up twice. What stands out to you? about the six guys they wound up selecting? Well, I think, first of all, um, I think in a lot of people's opinion, and I think the Bengals' opinion it was probably justified, that it was a thin draft, you know? So they were going for quality rather than quantity. And when they targeted somebody that they really felt uh, could help them, and not necessarily an area of need, I think need might be a little strong, but definitely areas you wanted to get better at mm-hmm. and add to depth. They didn't hesitate, and they moved up twice to get, uh, you know, to get players. And obviously, um, in free agency, they attacked an area of need in the offensive line, and in the draft, they attacked the secondary. So those were two areas that they felt they wanted to improve and better those entire position groups, and they went about it, in, uh, I think, in a successful way. So I joked uh, in a story I wrote on Bengals.com that I think the Tom Cruise character Maverick from the movie Top Gun was in the Bengals uh, draft room because they felt the need the need for speed. Right. They drafted two guys who ran a 4-3-8-40. They, ran a, they drafted a guy who ran a 4-3-6-40. Their last pick in the seventh round was about a 260-pound guy who ran a 4-7-40. They got faster in this draft. They did. They did. I think uh, as a... As a defensive unit, they definitely, in all levels really, uh, they, they have some good team speed. I mean, Logan Wilson, um, Davis Gaither, those guys can run at linebacker, Sam Hubbard, Hendrickson. They, these guys can move. They can run. Uh, and, and as a result, Lou Anarumo will, you know, use them in different ways. He'll, he'll take advantage of that athleticism, the versatility of that athleticism, and, and, and design some uh, – some things that you don't see on an everyday basis or every week basis in the National Football League. So that that's a big advantage, and he added to it. I mean, it's like uh, he has more spies than the CIA and the FBI. Mm-hmm. Spy candidates everywhere. There's no question about it at every level of that defensive football team. So, I, I, yeah, I think they, they definitely increased their overall team speed. And there's always a trickle-down effect to Darren Simmons, too. Whenever you have a roster that – has increased its team speed at positions, you know, like in the secondary. Um, those guys give Darren Simmons special team snaps, so they get faster there as well, which I'm sure Darren doesn't uh, have a problem with in any way, shape, or form. The other thing that, um, you know, struck me is I remember Paul Brown every single training camp in his message, which was the same message, by the way, every year at training camp, talking about the significance and importance of uh, intelligence mm-hmm. and overall intelligence and, more importantly, football intelligence. And 
you've got a lot of guys that um, sometimes probably because of COVID, having the extra year of eligibility gave them an extra year to, to get the schoolwork done. And you have a lot of guys that got degrees. A lot of guys are finishing gra- uh, graduate degrees, and, and some even have the graduate degrees. And then you've got guys who are captains, two-time captains, and even a three-time captain. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that they've found you know, work for them to have a checklist of guys to add to the culture and, and be able to make a contribution to the football team in areas. The most importantly, it's got to be on the football field. What are you doing there? But if you can, you know, add pieces to the culture off the football field, in the locker room, in the community, that's all big too. All right, let's look specifically at the three guys that they drafted on the final day, beginning with fourth-round draft pick, offensive lineman Cordell Volson. 6'6", 315 pounds, not thought to be a great athlete, uh, but a very productive player at North Dakota State. Three times, first team all-conference. He started his last 41 games. Uh, He had the best pass-blocking grades at the Shrine Bowl, and obviously a guy that Frank Pollock really seemed to like. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy that's a three-time FCS All-American, and his list of accomplishments, you know, every they, they put out press releases and All-American teams and, you know, from various uh, platforms, Associated Press, uh, Stats Perform, All-American Team, Hero Sports, Athlon Sports. I mean, he was, he was first-team All-American in all of them. And not only um, did he perform at a very high level, but North Dakota State is a perennial dominant force. I mean, he was involved with... I mean, if you don't win a national championship there, you stink. You know, I mean, it's just you, you haven't gotten the job done. So this, this uh, he, he appeared in a school record 65 games, including 41 starts, like you said. And he's played all four positions uh, during his career. So, again, position versatility becomes a, a, a scenario. Now, he played tackle his last year, but I think they're going to kick him inside to, uh, you know, to, to the guard position. Um <laughs> part of four national championship teams during his six-year career and he's a two-time captain so this this guy this guy's he's got some uh he's got some pedigree to him um he's got good habits both uh personally and and team achievement wise uh so guys like that even though he didn't you know perform at a big you know power five school situation in front of a hundred thousand people he's got some some skins on the wall, you know. There's no, there's no question about it, and I think he's going to be very prideful of that, and and he should be. We had a chance to visit with Frank Pollock for an extended period of time after the selection, and it was obvious how much he likes the kid, his attitude, his work ethic, and the intangibles. Yeah, I think nothing was given to him. You know, his uh, his dad's got a tremendous work ethic, and this kid has a, a work ethic and a blue collar mentality and nature to him um you know I think I think he was he was raised uh to believe that you're not given everything anything what you what you uh you have to earn it all it's not going to be given to you there's no handouts and so that that that'll that'll translate well in Frank Pollock's room for sure and uh um yeah he's right now if I'm him I'm thinking I'm the only offensive player this football team drafted and there's one position in the offensive line that's available and open. Now, I know there are other veteran players that are going to be competing for it, but they drafted me and told me that I'm probably going to start my career as a guard, and that left guard job is open. 
laser focus. That's the goal. Now, you know, that's the ultimate goal. But if you don't start as a rookie in the National Football League, I mean, that's fine. Um, but that should be your ultimate goal. And then other things take place. Uh, you know, the, the ladder of success. All right, well, I'm going to make the, the, the active roster on game day. I'm going to be one of the seven or eight offensive linemen that Frank Pollock believes that it are going to help us win football games. That's the next thing if you don't, you know, get the starting job. So there's there's plenty of things for him, plenty of things for him to set his sights on and the way he's worked through his entire career, I would not be surprised to see him be a pretty high achiever. So that is fourth round draft pick Cordell Volson. We moved to the fifth round, and that marked the second time in the draft that the Bengals traded up. They moved up eight spots from 174 to 166, made a deal with the Bears. They gave up their fifth round pick and also the early pick that they had in the seventh round, the one they got from the Giants in the Billy Price trade. And they wound up taking a safety from the University of Toledo named Tyson Anderson. Now, of all of the players the Bengals selected in this draft, the six players that they selected, he was the guy that was rated higher than the spot where they were able to get him more than anybody else. Pro Football Focus had him as a third or fourth round pick. Dane Brugler had him as a fourth round pick. Again, the Bengals got him in the fifth round, number 166. This is a guy with good size, 6'1, 209, who again ran a 43640. At the combine, four three six forty, thirty seven inch vertical. When you can run and jump like that, you're a damn good athlete. And uh, he's over six one and a half, approaching two hundred ten pounds. And here's another guy that uh, got his his degree in business, and he's working toward an MBA in leadership. And three time captain, three time captain, yeah. right? And that falls right into place with it. So he was his high school valedictorian. This kid is, is is sharp. Carried a GPA three point three eight. So this this is this is the kind of guy Paul Brown's talking about. Not just football savvy in terms of instincts and seeing things and reading it before it happens, but but overall raw intelligence. Uh, I remember Paul saying, "I like to surround myself with intelligent people." Um, but his he's uh, smart, long, athletic. Uh, he's you know he's got all, he's got all the intangibles and he was a big time special teamer. He played a ton of special mm-hmm. teams at the collegiate level and a guy with that kind of experience uh, in, in that phase of it that runs a four three six. Darren Simmons is drooling. I mean, there's no question about that. So and here, here's a guy that can play safety. He's played in the slot. He's got position versatility. That that's the common denominator. Every single player that they drafted has got position versatility. Now, you know, they didn't draft a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver. I mean, they didn't, they didn't draft anybody that's going to be handling the football. It was kind of an interesting uh, draft in that regard and, and five defensive football players. Um, but they all have position versatility, which is a must in the National Football League with the roster sizes uh, in terms of number of players that you deal with. They won't specifically say that it had anything to do with guys being in the final year of their contract, but Eli Apple, Von Bell, and possibly Jesse Bates will be in their final year with Cincinnati, and they have added three guys that can uh, potentially replace whichever guys they wind up losing. Right, and you know the thing—the thing that uh, um, yeah—that's interesting. Jesse Bates is the one that's being talked about a ton with respect to his contract. 
And the safety position is the only position that's basically declined, you know, plateaued and starting to drop in terms of what they're getting paid. Um, but Von Bell is in the final year of a contract too and stands to reason that I'm not sure you can keep both of them. Which one are you going to keep? It might not automatically be Jesse Bates. If they move on from Von Bell, they may be able to afford Jesse Bates a little bit easier. So, I mean, that, that room is a good room. And that room, I mean, they're, they're playing for their football lives. If, if it doesn't work out here, they want to put together as good a season as they possibly can to get that contract somewhere else. And then you got a young buck who's, uh, you know, a couple of young bucks drafted very early in the draft that uh, say, hey, you know, what about me? Um, so it, it's going to be very, very interesting. There's, there's different levels of, of stages of their career uh, and, and it's going to be extremely competitive. It's going to be very interesting to to monitor the environment of that uh, of that room, and um, I, I think compet- competition breeds excellence performance. And they can all run, and they all have range. I think the safety position is going to make a lot of plays for Lou Anarumo, and it won't just be at the safety position. These guys will be playing some slot corner for him, and. Uh, blitzing form and doing all kinds of things. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds. The sixth and final member of this year's draft class, selected in the seventh round, number 252 overall, was Jeffrey Gunter, an edge rush type guy, although he played all over the place at Coastal Carolina. 6'4, 258 pounds, ran a 4'7, 40, did 30 reps on the bench press, so he gets an excellent uh, relative athletic score uh, from at Math Bomb on Twitter, and uh, an intriguing, uh, good character guy to add to the mix. And, and that's the thing, I think, even up to the seventh uh, round pick, position versatility and athleticism. I mean, speed was a factor. Overall athleticism, vertical jump, broad jump, three cone, all, all those things. How, how, do, how do these guys move? And like Lou Anarumo was talking about, you know, if you run a four three six. But yet you can't stop and start. If you run a four three six and you can't slam the brakes on and get in and out of cuts, it's it's not it won't help you in football. I mean, you know, this isn't uh, long speed's a great thing, but it's not a track meet. So you have to be able to uh, to do some other things, and, and, and these these guys can all do that. It's interesting. Hubert they drafted in the seventh round last year from Kansas State. Same type of guy. And you're gonna you're gonna have back to back last picks of the draft for the Cincinnati Bengals in back-to-back seasons, I should say, that are you know, going to be competing for you know, maybe a spot if they're fortunate or practice squad or whatever the case may be there. But uh, both of them it seem to be cut from the same cloth, try-hard guys, you know, doggedly determined, uh, going to empty the effort bucket, and they're going to be in a, in a room with Hendrickson, Hubbard, all those kind of guys. That's another good room mm-hmm. to be a part of. And... Um, you know, I thought Lou made made great comment when you have these young rookie players in a team meeting, and you know you've got your rookie safety sitting between Jesse Bates and Von Bell, and can look to either way and get questions answered. And you know you've got back-to-back seventh-round uh, edge guys that uh, haven't played a snap yet or haven't even practiced yet. Hubert, he didn't even make it to training camp. He blew a pack uh, in off-season workouts, so. Those guys sitting between Hendrickson and Hubbard. That's that's what you're talking about in terms of culture and the type of team you want to have. And um, because these these veteran players 
will offer up very, very good advice, you know, and, and maybe they'll wait to be asked, but man, the answer is the young guys are going to be impressed with what they hear and not, not just football, but nutrition, uh, proper rest taking care of your body i mean it's these guys know the tricks of the trade they've been through the process and they can they can offer things that are very very valuable to these young players for sure because the draft class is small in numbers six players there will be more undrafted free agents that wind up wind up signing with the bengals uh, more than usual they want to have a certain number of players at training camp obviously for depth and for reps so it'll be interesting to see coming off a super bowl uh, who they're able to lure as a UFA. Yeah, and, and you got to think, um, at some point, y- you need numbers just for training camp, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I-, I think that that's where you're going to see, you know, your wide receivers, your tight ends that you weren't able to necessarily generate uh, in, in this draft. And you did sign a tight end in free agency. Um, but, you know, there's the, the wide receiver position. they they got to get some bodies in there, so – which, and it's going to be interesting because if you're a college free agent, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to give me a lot of reps in training camp, but what chance do I have to make that football team with that group? Well, they don't, they don't really have any – they're still trying to find that fourth receiver. So, I mean, if you, if you go out there and shine, you have a chance to, chance to really live, live a dream, fulfill a dream. There's, there's no doubt about it, so – I think that uh, <laughs> the fun begins in that regard, and it, it is interesting now the way each you know there's money designated for each round in the draft, and then there's money designated for college free agents, and you can break it up however you want. Sometimes you don't want to be drafted in the seventh round; you'd rather be a college free agent. You're looking at a much bigger signing bonus as a college free agent potentially than you are as a as a drafted player late in the draft. Although <laughs> you hear these uh, guys that are drafted late. They are so happy, so fulfilled, so excited, you know, a lifetime dream just to get drafted in the National Football League. It's like all your friends, oh, did you get drafted? No, no, I was a free agent, but I made more money. I don't, we don't care. You didn't get drafted. You know, I mean, it's a, there, there's a little bit of a, you know, a pecking order deal that, you know, you can go out and pump your chest up about a little bit. So it's all very interesting. All right, another draft is in the books. We'll be talking about these guys in the weeks and months to come. Look forward to getting to know them much better. And again, appreciate uh, all you did over the weekend. Appreciate you, Dan. And uh, I I am very intrigued uh, and excited to watch this defense run. I I I think they're going to be. It's going to be a group that swarms. I I I really. I, I don't. I'm trying to think if there's there are other teams in the National Football League that have really good team speed, but they can't have a whole lot more team speed than the Cincinnati Bengals and Lou Anarumo and his staff are going to put out there. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch them fly to the football, man. It's going to be very – you wonder, um, how many explosives are they going to give up? Because it can't be a huge number with the recoverability speed. Even if you get beaten, you can can recover. When you're running sub 4-4, that's – and it – the, the crazy thing is there are more guys doing it and every year it, it, it's like can they get bigger stronger faster yes they can <laughs> I mean the nutrition uh, you know the, the in terms of training your body and, and how they know how to take care of themselves and the league doesn't beat them up as much as they used to 
it's exciting to see these guys go out and perform. They are world-class athletes, there's no doubt. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.